Welcome to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, a program brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. Witness Lee, a servant of the Lord for over seven decades on five continents, culminated his ministry with a 21-year, book-by-book exposition of the entire Bible, which he called a life study. This life study is the basis of our program today, which includes short portions of the spoken messages given by Witness Lee. Now, let's join today's life study. Dick Taylor is kind enough to join us again today to fellowship about the life study of Genesis in chapter 20. Dick, welcome back. Thank you very much. It's good to be back. Today, we're going to follow Abraham again, but this time in a journey that's headed in the wrong direction. He had such glorious experiences and spiritual attainments in the previous two chapters, 18 and 19, but now he really stumbles, Dick. What are we going to see today? Well, we're going to see something really, really wonderful. Here he's coming out of a tremendous spiritual attainment and glorious experience, but now in chapter 20 he stumbles. And it's very good because Brother Lee here refers to this, according to the word, as the hidden weakness in Abraham and also a shameful intercession. And yet God takes advantage of even the periods of time when we go through a real weakness. We hit the bottom, yet the Lord is still sovereignly working to bring forth and maintain his testimony in the midst of all this. In this chapter, we see a big principle is don't journey southward. To journey southward has been brought out in a tremendous way that it means to uh, take a vacation. Take a vacation from God's presence. Take a vacation from the living Christ. Take a vacation from the proper fellowship with God's people. You know, uh, when I say the word vacation, I'm not just talking about a general vacation. I'm speaking about a vacation from the living God. This is our danger to leave him. If we do this, what does it mean? It just means rather than going the way of God's desire and God's heart, we would like to just take it easy and do our own thing. When we go the way of just taking it easy, neglecting God's presence and God's heart, what happens? We never have the fellowship with the Lord. And what happens? There's just going to be a tremendous failure. The weakness within us gets exposed. Our shameful situation gets manifested. But still, we see God is sovereign to utilize everything in our experience for his testimony. We need to learn to stay in the right position. That is in fellowship with the Lord and in constant fellowship with his people. Otherwise, we go to the flesh. To go southward means just to go to the flesh. Some people say, I've reached a point. I'm above the flesh. On this broadcast today, just say, that is a lie from the pit of hell. We've never arrived where we're no longer away from the flesh. We must be on guard. So we want to not journey southward, but we want to take care of God. We want to take care of the intimate fellowship with him for the sake of his purpose. Dick, I hope all of our listeners stay with us today because, like Abraham, we have weakness and failures, but many times we're inclined just to give up, but God never gives up. God never gives up. We'll see that in today's life study. Let's join Witness Lee. In chapter 20, you have two main things recorded. The hidden weakness and a shameful intercession. 
we come to the first point. Abraham journeyed toward the south. Journeying toward south to him meant living the standing of fellowship. He was in Hebron. That was the right place for him to be. Because there he had the intimate fellowship with God as friend to a friend. Then Abraham journeyed toward the south. Please tell me why. But according to the biblical record, we can see some hint there. In the Bible, thoughts always signifies some places with easiness, with some kind of uh, enjoyment. North in the Bible signifies difficulties, troubles, but with God's presence. In the north, you do have the troubles. You do have the problems, difficulties, yet the Lord's presence there. In the south, you have easiness. Everything goes easy. But you lose the presence of God. So Abraham left the standing of the intimate fellowship with God in God's presence. When he journeyed southward, he lost God's presence. So young people, you all have to see, position means a lot to you. You may be fully kept, fully preserved while you are staying here in the church. But when you move out, southward, right away, you will lose the proper standing, missing God's presence, and spontaneously your old being will return. Why, as long as we are still in this old creation, if we do not remain in the fellowship with God, we can do anything like the worldly people. We are the same like the worldly people. Don't say you have been regenerated. Don't say you got the baptism of the Spirit. Don't say you have received not only the first blessing, but also the second blessing. I don't care how many blessings you have received. As long as you are not remaining in the fellowship with God, you are still in the flesh. Don't have any trust in yourself. Yourself, myself, ourselves are altogether untrustworthy. We have to put our trust in the presence of the Lord. Telling him, Lord, if you take your presence away from me, I am just like a dog. But, hallelujah, in your presence, I am a saint. God's presence to us means a lot. Now you can see in chapter 19, while Abraham, you know, walking, bringing God on his way and standing still in the presence of God, what a wonderful saint, Saint Abraham. 
Oh, oh one of us sang there. Amen. A giant sang there. Amen. One that could stand with God, talking to God face to face as a friend to another one. Could you believe this wonderful person right in the next chapter? He was just like a dog. Could you believe such a saint person? after living the standing in the fellowship with God, could lie again at the sacrifice of his wife. It is just unbelievable. But he did it. By this, we all have to realize we need to remain in the presence of Ourselves is not our protection. Our protection is His presence. Dick, there is so much insight in these accounts of Abraham with our own experience. What is the lesson revealed here of Abraham's incredible weakness popping up following the high peaks that he experienced in the previous chapters that you alluded to in the introduction. I read a message one time by Brother Lee that it mentions there is nothing more precious than the present presence of Jesus. We can never depend on just the presence we had. We must remain moment by moment, second by second in his presence. We take a vacation from the presence of the Lord. We are capable of anything. And Abraham even lied at the sacrifice of his wife. It indicates that all of us are capable of doing anything if we depart from the present presence of our dear living Jesus. We must remain in the intimate fellowship with the Lord and not leave the proper standing. Otherwise, we just operate in the flesh. The Lord was really trying to train Abraham here not to have confidence in the flesh. And this hidden weakness of his, which is the flesh, which is in all of us, needed to be exposed. All of us are capable of the worst if we depart from the living presence of the dear, precious Jesus, whom we love the most. I really like that phrase, the present presence of our living Jesus. Oh, the present presence. Let's go back to Witness Lee. Abraham, we know in the Bible... He was the father of faith. His life is a life of faith. And Sarah, in the Bible, we are told that she was the figure of God's grace. Now, in figure, you can see whenever faith becomes a figure, grace Get the damage. Whenever on our side faith fails, then grace on the Lord's side will suffer. Whenever Abraham failed, Sarah suffered. Not only so, when you have grace, you have the testimony. When you are enjoying grace, you have the testimony. Abraham, when he was Lying there, he didn't have the enjoyment of grace, right? Then he lost his testimony. So whenever faith 
fails. Grace suffers. And the testimony of grace is damaged. Now, by this picture, you can see these few points. Abraham, standing for faith, failed. Sarah, standing for grace and testimony, suffered and was damaged. God came in to uh, rescue Sarah. In typology, this means God came in to take care of his grace, to take care of his testimony. God surely would take a full and good care of Sarah. There was no need for Abraham to tell people a lie at the sacrifice of Sarah. But anyhow, his faith failed, and the testimony were damaged. But God was sovereign. God came in. The strange thing is this. God used to appear to Abraham. Why here God didn't come to Abraham, but went to Abimelech? Because Abraham's experience became abnormal. Abnormality causes God to go away from him. God would appear to a gentle king, but God would not appear to his prophet, Abraham. Rather, God, in his vision to the gentle king, told the gentle king that the one who lied to him was his prophet. God surely exercised his wisdom, sovereignty, and his good care leaving Abraham standing there in a lying position. God went to the one who was cheated and told him the truth. God said, you better return his wife and he will pray for you. (laughs) I couldn't believe. God didn't inspire Abraham to pray for the gentle king. But God indicated to the gentle king that Abraham was a prophet. And he had a position to pray for the king and his whole family. By doing this, God didn't rebuke him and God didn't inspire him to pray. God didn't say anything to him. In a good sense, he was through with God's presence. But God still preserved his testimony. Dick, I'd like to break in at this point and ask you about a subtle point that I hope is clear to our listeners. Here in his failure, Abraham has gotten into a really difficult situation. And seemingly God came in to rescue Abraham and Sarah, but actually God is rescuing, even preserving His testimony. What is this about? Well, to answer this question, I would like to make reference to the uh, life study of this very message. And uh, related to this question, it just mentions that Abraham was the father of faith. Of course, Abraham had no faith of his own, but because the God of glory appeared to him and infused him with his very believing element. 
Abraham became known as the father of faith, and his life was a life of faith. Since Sarah is the figure of God's grace, for Isaac to be born of her meant that he was born of grace. Now listen to this. This is quite interesting. Each time Abraham failed, Sarah, signifying grace, suffered. And when Sarah suffered, grace suffered. Furthermore, grace and testimony go together. Whenever we have grace, we have the testimony. You know, whenever we have Christ as our life and our life supply for our enjoyment, I guarantee you we have testimony. Even Christ has testified in us, and Christ has testified through us. Nothing like grace, nothing like the enjoyment of Christ for his testimony. But when Abraham lied, he did not have the enjoyment of grace. But God amazingly came in to rescue Sarah and to restore her. This means that God came in to take care of his grace and his testimony. Isn't this amazing? that in the midst of this failure and this weakness, God is still able to preserve and take care of his testimony. That really is amazing. Dick, I'm really happy that you referenced the printed life study message. You know, on this short 30-minute program, we're only able to present just a few excerpts of the full message. And at the end of the program, we'll come by with information to let our listeners know how they can receive that printed message of the life study. Very good. I hope everyone will get a copy. Let's go back to Witness Lee for the conclusion of this life study. Then he asked Abraham to pray for him. For him to uh, pray, to intercede. He needs to overcome these two things. Forgetting his failure before Abimelech. Number one. Number two, considering not his own wife's barrenness. Now, we all must learn a lesson to pray, especially to intercede for others. Does not depend upon your feeling. It depends upon the need. Here, you have a need designated by God that you have to intercede for. You may say, my, I just got a failure. I lied to this man, and I got rebuked of him. Forget about all what you are. Forget about all your surroundings, all your circumstances. Forget about everything. You have to intercede in a way as if there's no one on this earth but you and God. Regardless how much failure Abraham got, he was higher than Abimelech. The Bible tells us always the greater intercedes for the lesser. We must learn the lesson in spite of our failures. When the time comes, we have to exercise our faith with boldness to pray. Forgetting our failures and forgetting all the surrounding and all the environment. We all have to learn the lesson. Don't pray according to your victory. When you have a victory, you pray. That's easy. How about when you have a failure? You still need to pray. 
How about that? It's hard for anyone to do it. But listen to this. Abraham did it. He stood understanding of God's prophet. He prayed. And God answered that intercession. Not only so, don't remember that God hasn't answered your prayer. You have to forget about your need and pray for others. Then God would answer your prayer to give you a son as well as to give others a son. Don't say that your need has not been taken care of yet. How could you pray for others? I tell you, if you would forget about your need and pray for others' need, uh then God would give you something in addition to your need. We all have to learn all these good lessons. Dick, it's really hard for us to pray for others when we are consumed with our own needs and failures, isn't it? It sure is. The principles that are brought out by this matter of failing and yet being asked to intercede for a heathen king are tremendous. In order to intercede for Abimelech, Abraham had to overcome two things. His memory of his failure before Abimelech and his consideration of his wife's barrenness. We all must learn that interceding for others does not depend upon our success. It depends upon the need. Once a need has been designated by God, we must intercede for it. When we intercede for others, we must forget about ourselves. Isn't this a tremendous principle? Forget about our surroundings. Forget about our circumstances. And intercede as if there were no one on earth except us and God. And in spite of our failures, we must exercise our spirit to pray with boldness. You know, my father didn't get saved for many years. When I first preached the gospel to him, when I got saved in high school, he just kind of said, it's not for me. Get away. I'm not interested. So we just went the route of interceding for him for many, many years. But many years went by. He still wasn't saved. One day, my wife and I were praying with a young sister who was really burdened for her father. And we joined her. And as we began to pray for her father, I began to have thoughts about my father. But in a sense, the Lord just touched me. Put aside your need. Put aside your desire for your father and pray for this sister's father. But I have to testify, as we prayed for her father, the Lord gave me the confidence even about my father. And shortly after that, I found out that my dad, through some others, had received the Lord, become a born-again believer in Christ, and a member of the body of Christ. And even when he passed away to be with the Lord, he was still practicing the church life and to whatever degree he could, was at least enjoying Christ. Isn't this good? So this means regardless of our failure, don't look at ourselves, but rather take care of God's designated need to intercede for others. So when we begin to intercede, we join him as the living one in his present ministry. And not only that, many times our own prayers become answered as we take care of his need and the need of others. 
Dick, there's a lot that could be said. I would just like to say thank you. This was really an enjoyable life study today. Thank you. You have been listening to the Life Study of Genesis with Witness Lee. If you would like more information about this program, then please call 1-888-LIFE-STUDY. That's 888-543-3788. Or write to Living Stream Ministry, Post Office Box 2121, Anaheim, California, 92814. You can also send us email at radio at lsm.org. For a free download of this program, or to find more information, visit us online at lsm.org. If you've enjoyed what you've heard from this Life Study of Genesis, then we encourage you to freely distribute this program. It's available in MP3 format. Again, it can be downloaded from lsm.org free of charge. Yeah.